Listen, man, we're very busy printing these life-size cutouts of a stock footage of a tennis player. We can't bother with printing your banner for your stupid karate school, okay? So, could you just get out? Okay? Because really, honestly, when you're in the real world, you can't just call yourself an actor. Every once in a while, you have to do some acting for money so you can pay the mortgage... Welcome to the Bitterest Pill, it's Dan Class. I'm in my garage underneath the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. How have you been? Thank you for uh, downloading the show. Um, okay, so this show is already done. As I'm saying these words, the rest of the show has been recorded over the last uh, day. Yeah, day. I couldn't remember if it was one day or two days, but I guess... The first part is from like 11 in the morning and then the second part is from 4 in the afternoon or something. I don't know. And I won't get into it too much other than to say that obviously it went so swimmingly that I forgot to in write, include an introduction. So what I've been doing all week, and you'll hear in great detail I'm sure, is uh, I've been trying to figure out how to, how to video stream these recording sessions. I'm not even bothering right now. Although maybe I will. Let's do that. Let's see if we can do that. While I talk, I'll try to I'll try to get Periscope going or something. Here, let's hold on. So I just started Periscope, and um, oh, there's uh, now I'm going to start talking in reverse. I'm going to have to edit the show <laughs> in some way that it it it, 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 it uh, makes sense. So, um, yeah, spent the whole day two days. No, it's been it's it's been one day that has felt like two days. So. I spent the morning trying to stream, and then I had to take a break and uh, go, you know, argue with people. And then um, I came back, and we streamed again, and whatever, and whatever. But I never I never recorded the introduction to the show, so this is it. So this is it. So um, what you're about to hear is, like I say, two different recordings. I have no idea. I haven't put the show together, so I have no idea uh, if they're going to go together or if I'm going to tear them up. I don't, I don't know what's happening. All I know is um, some people were nice enough to join me on Periscope as I was recording this intro. Some people were nice enough to join me join me on Periscope uh, as I did the second half. And also the second half will be available via like as a video. Um, I don't know, man. Soon. At some point, okay? At some point soon, it will be available. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... The show that almost killed me twice, uh, number 334, cue music, and cut to this morning. No, I, I'm kind of in the, I'm kind of in testing mode, so I'm not sure, you know what I mean? If I should update you on uh, trying to get a poster printed at, at Staples, trying to get this internet connection to work with the webcam and the Ustream and the Twitch and the OBS and the, uh, 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 whatever. I'm just glad it's I'm glad it's working. And I and I I think very low res and laggy. Yeah, I know. I wonder why. I wonder we we're going to have to do so so I have better internet in the studio now. Um 
I used to not have good internet here in the in the studio, and now I think I have really good internet here in the studio. I was going to run some wires. I was going to dig under the house or something or out. I, I I didn't know. I was I was getting desperate because the router wasn't um, reaching out here from in the house, and I wasn't using my brain. Then one of the listeners or somebody from Facebook or somewhere said, hey, why don't you get one of those magic little boxes that you plug into your um, power outlets? And what you can do is shove your internet uh, connection through your your, uh, electrical wires, which I thought was a great idea. I have electricity in here. There's electricity in the house. I could plug it in in the house at the router in the living room, and it could come all the way out here. And then I could have a direct connection to the internet right here in the studio where I'm sitting right now under the flight path of Los Angeles International. Yeah, so so I did that. I ordered those thingies. I can't remember what it, I don't remember what they're called. Internet over power lines or something like that made by Netgear or a couple other, I don't know. So, so, so I order them and they didn't arrive. And I order most things I I have to admit through, through, um, you know, the big internet company, Ganges.com. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's just call it an Amazon and Amazon. I order everything pretty much through Amazon.com. Why? Because it's easy to return things. And a lot of things need to get returned because a lot of things are bad or wrong. When I order a printer cover for a specific printer model, I know this is weird. I expect it to fit the printer. Has to go back. Okay, so what I didn't realize is apparently Amazon now doesn't always use UPS or the United States Postal Service to deliver things to me, they now have Amazon service thingy. Apparently, Amazon's own delivery service cannot find my house. Now, we do not live on a dirt road marked by like a county line uh, sign in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. We live in Los Angeles. When I... Right. Literally, when I stand in my backyard, I can watch the flights landing at LAX from my backyard. This is a major metropolitan area. We don't live at like six, three, seven, nine and a half. We live right here on a main street, right? Orville Wright Avenue, whatever it is. Not hard to find. They're supposed to be here Wednesday. Last Wednesday, my little magic internet bricks were supposed to be here and they didn't get here Wednesday and they didn't get here Thursday. And I called them, I think it was Friday. How did this work? Something like I called them Friday and they said they were, that's what it was. I called them Friday and they said, oh, well, something was delayed and we'll, we'll, we'll get, you'll get them tomorrow. And tomorrow came and and they didn't come. So I had to call internet, I had to call Amazon again. And say, hey, guys, what's, you know. Apparently, they were lost. My magic internet bricks were lost by Amazon. And so when I called the guy on the phone to talk to Amazon, he said, well, do you want us to replace them? And I said, no, you can't replace them because I never got them. What I want you to do is send them. See, 
you sent them once and then they got lost and you didn't tell me. You waited for me to realize they were lost, find out they were lost, and then call you and tell you that they were lost. So no, for you to replace them would require that I had received them. What I want you to do is send them and deliver them. Now, what upsets me about making these calls is inevitably, and hear me out because this isn't like a white guy thing. It's Well, I guess it kind of is. It bothers me when I end up calling whoever's public uh, customer service and I end up getting, you know, Bangladesh or Tijuana or whatever. And it's not because I mind hiring uh, Indians or Mexicans to, to do customer service. I have no problem with that. It's that English isn't their first language. And a lot of times they don't understand when I'm being sarcastic. And I need to be sarcastic because it's the, it's the only way I can keep from swearing. Right? They don't want you to swear. You can't swear or else they hang up. So I, I need sarcasm and I need it to work. So they resent the things. I don't know where the first bricks, I don't know where they were. I have no idea. And I'm getting extra frustrated because I've got to tell you something. I'm so fed up with, I'm just going to call Staples Staples. I don't care. Staples, I noticed something on their website today that I, it's kind of a visual thing, but I'm going to try to explain it. I went to Staples to print that stupid karate poster. It's now been two weeks, two weeks to print a four hour poster. Right? They advertise that they can turn this poster around in four hours or two weeks. Now, I had to pull some sarcasm on them yesterday because I went over there to get the poster. And I had to wait for a really long time because there were some really slow kind of dumb people in front of me. And they finally get to me in line and they say, can I help you? And I say, yeah, I'm here for the karate poster. And they're like, oh, what karate? I don't know where it is. And I'm like, it's right there. Where is it? Do you know where it is? Coworker, do you know where it is? And I'm like, it's right do you, It's right there on top of, see, you've got the box, the cart, it's full of paper. It's on top of that right there. And they're like, oh, I don't know where, where is it? And they're looking all around. And I'm like, literally, do you see the poster where the people are wearing white robes and one of them is showing the other one how to punch that poster? But they still hadn't gotten it back from wherever they sent it, where, wherever they sent it. So the visual thing I want to explain to you. So I went on their website because I wanted to find out when they opened today because I got to go over there and cancel this order in person once and for all. I don't want the damn poster from Staples. I give up. And I saw on their website, it says Staples, just the way it was perfect. And it's a capitalization thing. Staples, we sell staples and paper clips and uh, ER scrubs and chocolate bars, and we offer many services like this, this, and then it said copy and print. But copy and print were capitalized as if to insinuate, well, we, we don't offer copy services and print services. We offer the services of our copy and print department. Now, what they can pull off, we're not really sure. But we have a copy and print department, mm -mm -mm, quote unquote, finger quotes. Again, lowercase would be that they can actually copy and actually print, but we don't know. But we do have a copy and print department. 
Now, what the copy and print department can do is they can take your order and they can screw up your order. They have printers that will print a sort of a version of what you want. But honestly, you get what you get and you get upset. So my internet magic brick things, they finally uh, arrived. So the plan was to, to plug one of the magic bricks in near the router, near the TV in the living room, and plug the other brick right in in here, like right underneath the desk where I'm sitting, and plug the computer directly into that brick and push the magic button and they were going to connect. Now that would be too easy because that would require things working in the way I expect them to work. So I bring, I, I hook up the first brick. It seems to be working. I think I even tested it before I came out here in the house. Seemed to be working beautiful, beautifully. Somehow through the wires of our house, the electrical wires, I'm getting an internet connection. Awesome. So I come in here. And I plug it in, and I plug in the computer, I get, I get nothing. So then I think, maybe it's the plug. Because, listen. Parts of the studio may or may, this is completely off the record, part of the studio may or may not have been uh, permitted. Some of the electrical work may or may not have been done by a non-licensed contractor. Some of the work may or may not have been done by your humble narrator. So when I plug the magic brick into the socket and it doesn't work, listen, I'm uh, disappointed and frustrated, but not all that surprised. So I tried the other, I tried the, I tried the plug behind me. Same difference. So then I think, well, listen, you're an idiot. You don't know how to wire a studio. That's fine. You, you did well enough to get power, but not well enough to get the internet through the magic boxes. And that's okay, fine. What you should do, Dan, is this. Go out of the studio. There's plenty of professionally hooked up uh, electricity in there, in the garage. Plug the magic box into there, and then, you know what, if you need, you've got that big internet cable, uh, the ethernet cable that you bought to go under the house, you can just plug that in, bring it into the studio, it'll be fine. Apparently, uh, out there is no better than in here. Apparently, I didn't mess it up, it's messed up over there. The whole garage is, uh, is impervious to the magic internet bricks of Netgear. <sighs> So luckily, I don't know if it was Hudson or me. I think I think it was actually one of those like-minded, hive-mindy kind of thing. You know, you, you make the realization at the same time where we both had the idea, hey, dum-dum, take the magic brick back into the house. Put the, Now, granted, this is a self-serving idea by my son, but bear with me. Take the magic brick into the house, put it in my son's room, Take the router out, right, the wireless router out of the living room. Put that in my son's room. My son's room is much closer to the studio. Use the Wi-Fi for the studio. And that, my friend, is how we have internet in the studio right now as I speak. Now. 
So that's the good news. Now the bad news is, um, <laughs> I shouldn't read the text. I shouldn't read the the chat window while I'm recording because then I see what people type and it's funny to me and I laugh and I get distracted about what I was going to say. No, Tom, the same guy who put the door on the car did not hook up to the electricity. The electricity was hooked up by the same guy that tore the door off the car. Oh, wait, Joe Moanblow is here. I ran out of Wednesday time. All right, so this this will conclude the, I hope I'm recording this for a podcast portion of our recording. So let's, let's take a, a moment. Check two, three. Hello, mommy. Check two, three. Everybody's record. Okay, so uh, welcome back. So we took a brief break. And by brief, I mean that it is now four o'clock. Before when I was recording, it was, I don't know, what was it? 1030 or something. The streaming is, uh, listen, as far as I'm concerned, at least for today, the streaming is over. Maybe after I've slept and eaten or whatever. I will have, you know, the energy for more streaming, but I got to tell you something. No, not today. Because, well, here's the thing. I, I want to stream the show live as I record. I don't think that's asking too much. And yet, it's not working. But now that I'm not streaming, right, I am actually streaming now on Periscope. And I'll tell you why. I wasn't going to. But when I realized that I wasn't going to stream at all, I got so lonely that I couldn't bear it. After 10 years of sitting in this box in my garage, doing, you know, talking to myself like Rupert Pupkin, right now that I've had a few people stop by while I'm recording, I'm getting insanely lonely. And so I had to use the Periscope thing. So now I'm recording. I'm talking to two different cameras and checking my computer screen. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, see, but the crazy thing is, the more I test streaming, the more I realize that I, I do want the show to be on camera. I just don't know how that's going to work. I think the best way for it to work, honestly, is at least t today, because maybe it's because I need a snack, is um, to give up streaming. I mean, do you, do you need it to be live or not? It hasn't been live for 10 years. Do I need it to be live or not? Now, I want it to be live so we can talk and so we can chat with each other and all that stuff. But the truth is, I can't chat with you while I'm recording the show because then I would lose my train of thought. And then it would just be yet another one of those horrible streams where the person, you've seen them on Periscope and the person's just looking into their phone and they're reading their messages and they're like, oh, you love me. You love me. Give me more hearts. Give me more hearts. I can't, I can't do that. I can't. I can't be that guy. I, I want to do a thing that works as a show or something, right? So we'll see what happens. But that's all I've been doing for, I think, a week now. Other than going back and forth to Staples to see if they've printed my poster and, and occasionally going to a karate class where I nearly drown in my own perspiration. That, this is all I've been doing is trying to stream. So I did end up going back to Staples today. And I'm just calling it Staples because they blew it and they're now Staples. And they're not going to redeem them themselves and it's not going to happen. So I went back to Staples to tell them that they're fired, so to speak. To tell them I didn't want the poster. 
the karate poster, the beginner, the whatever, private lesson karate poster. Now, truthfully, uh, I got to tell you something. I don't really want a confrontation. So really what I want to do is go into Staples and say, hi, I'm here, you know, like be, you know, gruff and manly. Hi, I'm here to cancel my order. And I really, what I really want to happen is for them to go, oh, your, oh, your karate poster? Oh, yeah, that's right here. And for them to pull it out and it'd be perfect. And then they just laminate it and I leave. But is that what happened? No, actually not. So I go in. I see the manager as I'm walking in. The woman that's been helping me, she says hello to me. So she knows I'm there, but she's talking to another customer kind of in the doorway. And so I go wait for her over at the quote unquote copy and print center. She ends up going out in the parking lot to, to talk to this lady. I have seen her talking to customers in the parking lot more than I've seen her in the actual staples. All right, no problem. So I wait and I wait and I wait. And eventually, so so one of the people that works there says, oh, can I help you? And I said, no, I'm waiting for the manager. She knows everything about my thing. It's a karate poster. It got sent away to the special printing place where they can actually print things or something. I'll wait for her. So, but she didn't come back. So I had to wait and I waited and waited. So finally another, like an assistant manager comes and she says, are you, can I help you? And I say, I'm waiting for, what's her name? The manager. And she says, oh, I'll go see if I can find her. So she does find her in the parking lot, talks to her, comes back and says to me, oh yeah, she told me all about it. It's still at the special printing place and they didn't uh, print the job because they're waiting for payment. To which I respond, well, if you'd mentioned that you needed payment, what I would have done is pay for it a week ago. You know, I've been waiting for a week for this poster. I would have paid for it. Gladly would have given you the $23 or whatever it is for this stupid poster. I have an idea. When you need money from me, Staples, why don't you call me? or email me, or text me, or any of the three, four dozen ways you know how to, how to contact me. Contact me and ask for, for the, I, I've been here every other day for two weeks. I practically have a part-time job at Staples checking on my poster. I could not believe it. We're waiting for payment. How was I supposed to know? You never said a word. So I definitely cancel the thing. I definitely cancel it. And I walk out of Staples. And I wasn't exaggerating before when I said, so So you walk out of Staples in Westchester, California. Okay. And it's a sh shoddy parking lot. And you walk out and literally, and this is how kind of whatever I am, corporate stupid, Instead of going to the Starbucks of buying office supplies, Staples, I could have just gone literally across the street, across the little street in a parking lot. There's the back of a printer, a privately owned printer. I can see from Staples the banner that says printing 310-555-3079, whatever the phone number is, from Staples. So I think to myself, you know, 
jackass, instead of going to Office Depot, which is essentially just, right, a slightly more expensive, nicer parking lot at Staples, call the private people, the mom and pop, literally a mom and a pop. Take the poster over there. So I decide I'm going to walk over there. But on my way walking over there, it is far enough where, you know what, I might as well call them and find out what they want to charge me for a poster. 18 inches by 24 inches karate poster, beginning, uh, you know, private lesson karate poster. Okay. So I call 310-555-2749, whatever it is. And Pop answers. Now, Pop, I've seen... I'm getting some feedback or something. Oh, something died. Um... I've met the pop of the mom and this particular mom pop, and he's about my age or maybe even a little younger, but he's the pop of the mom and pop store. Okay, so I call and pop answers the phone and pop says, you know, a copy and print. And I say in my like, I'm so relieved to not be dealing with Staples voice. Hey, how are you doing? I just wanted to find out um, what you would charge to do, you, do, you do posters. Uh, yeah, what do you need? Well, I need a poster that's about 18, uh, 18 inches by 24 inches. And uh, I was kind of wondering what that would cost to have it printed. Uh, that'd be about uh, 20 bucks. Oh, okay, great. And what's the turnaround time for something like that, I say? When do you need it? Well, you know, fairly, uh, fairly soon. What, what, what's the usual turnaround time? When do you need it? Okay, Pop, listen, don't be a jackass, okay? Don't, don't be a jackass. I don't know what your problem is. Don't be a jackass about, why? Because I didn't tell you exactly, listen, I don't want to pay extra for it to happen quickly. Can you just tell me what your normal turnaround time is? So, so he says, when do you need it? And I say, whatever I say. And he says, when do you need it? And I say, um, couple days. Yeah, a couple days. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I can have it in a couple days. Sure. Yeah, you need it mounted to foam core or what? I'm like, uh, no, just poster paper. But I would like it laminated. Can you guys laminate over there? Yeah, it's gonna be an extra six bucks. Okay, great. Listen, so I hang up and I decide I'm gonna go to Office Depot. You know why? Because I don't want to deal with one of the jerky boys. I just want him to print a poster. I I don't. Right? I don't want to have to get into fisticuffs with the guy at the print shop. But now I remember why I don't go to that print shop. Mom and Pop are jerks. I remember now, it's been a while, but I remember going in there to ask them about printing something for the dojo uh, uh, before, like a banner or something, and they act like they don't want you bothering them. Like, listen, man, we're very busy printing these life-size cutouts of a stock footage of a tennis player. We can't bother with printing your banner for your stupid karate school, okay? So, could you just get out? So, I go to Office Depot, uh, and I'm just going to name names from now on because I don't care. Because if your corporate whatever can't keep it together, it's not my problem. In my opinion, I went to Office Depot. Is that, is that, are we exercising some sort of loophole here? I went to Office Depot, which, again, is literally just the other side of the street. And a very nice, very attentive woman is there. 
She immediately says, I'll be right with you, sir. I'm, I'm with a customer. I say, that's fantastic. So she says, how can I help you? I say, listen, I need a poster. How much is a, I, I think I saw on your website. It's like $18 for an 18 inch by 24 inch poster. Is that about right? Yep. That's about right. You have a laminator. Yes, we do. Well, how, what's the turnaround time? Well, you know, probably by tomorrow. Uh, tell you the truth. The printer's not being used right now. Could probably ram, probably right, do it right now. Great. So I've got the poster on a flash drive on my keychain, right? On a little stick. So I give her the little stick and I say, listen, there's only one file on that stick. That's the file. It's a karate poster for private kids karate lessons on a poster. So she puts it in her machine and it won't open. My high-res exported from uh, InDesign poster thingy will not open. Why, why would it open? Why, why would a PDF, which Adobe painstakingly created to be a cross-platform file format, portable document format, as I'm pretty sure that's what PDF stands for, portable, meaning you should take it, you can take it someplace Document, document that people should be able to open once it arrives there after you've portabled it. Format, a format which should be openable by your computer at your office depot. But no. So I have to think, I have, because I'm, I have to be the problem solver. I don't work in a printer store in a copy center. I don't. I, I don't know where. I don't work anywhere. That's the problem. The problem is I don't work anywhere. No, you know what the real problem is? Is I used to work somewhere. I used to work at Universal Studios where my buddy Harker's dad was my boss and he needed certain things done a certain way at a certain time every day. And at the, at the in the beginning, I really was kind of mad at him about it because he was such a stickler for exactly when things needed to get done. But you know what? That was how that machine needed to run. Right, And if you're going to run a machine, and in this case, the machine was pumping out TV shows as fast as possible, uh, an hour-long TV show every seven days, the, the train has to keep, right, right, right? So you get in this mode of like, listen, are you going to do the job? Yes. When are you going to do it? By two o'clock? Fine. It's like being in the military. So I went from there, and now I'm going to the karate school where, you know, you have to bow before you go in, you have to bow before you go out, you have to right? You have to bow when you walk. Like there's this whole cultural, like uh, 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 everything has to be right. So foolish me, I then go into corporate, what I think, dumb corporate America. And it's not corporate America, by the way, it's retail America. I go into retail, corporate owned retail America and expect that people are going to try to get shit done, but they're not. They're just trying to survive until it's time to punch out. That's really all that's happening, right? So I have to figure this out and I'm like, well, I don't, do I, uh, should I upload this to your website? That's what I had to do across the street. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm like, should I upload it? Should I just, should I, should I just go home and upload it to you? And she literally said, no, you should just email it to us. So here's a card with the manager's email address. Can you just email it to us as an attachment? And I'm like, I am right back where I started at stinking staples. 
I still don't have a karate poster. I've been trying to get this poster printed since the 7th of July. Concho, the Grandmaster, thinks I am insane, incapable, or both. I can't seem to stream the show, and I can't seem to stop sweating. Somebody said I should take it to Costco. Would Costco do it? Would Costco get it? Can Costco get it done? I mean, it's sort of like when I was ordering my, my internet magic bricks. If Amazon can't deliver things to your house, who do you order from? Best Buy? Great. So we're back. Now this this part of the recording, okay, so you're sitting you're sitting in your car, you're wandering around the grocery store, whatever you're doing, and you're you're listening to this. And at the, at the beginning of the show, I said that it was I had already recorded the whole show, and then the middle of the show was the morning and then the afternoon, and then the beginning of the show was night. Now this is the uh, real end of the show, and this is actually uh, the next day. Because I edited the show and I took out all this stuff where I complained about the streaming and the text uh, the text chat and all that stuff and the show was only a half an hour and so here we are and I'm back on Periscope and I'm talking to myself but I'm gonna I'm going I feel I don't know if I've got a half an hour in me right now but I feel like um we gotta do we gotta do something and I gotta stop looking at Periscope because it's never gonna make me happy anyway so I don't know if I ever told you the story of the Woody Harrelson audition. Did I ever do that? Did I ever... Did I ever even tell you about that? I had an audition to be in a Woody Harrelson movie. So I'm, I'm, I'm either about to tell the same story again, which I think I've never done in, in 10 and a half years, almost 11 years. I don't think I've actually ever actually repeated myself. You know how brain damaged I am? I keep looking into the um, <laughs> into my webcam that's not on. That's how accustomed to trying to stream these shows are. I did it. I just did it again. I keep. I'm trying to look you in the eye by looking at a dead webcam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so what happens is I want. I get very. Um, you know, I'm supposedly an actor. I'm supposedly an actor here in Los Angeles. And I supposedly, uh, every once in a while, you know what I mean? Like, every once in a while here in Los Angeles, they need a bald guy. And, uh, you know, David Cross maybe isn't available. You know, that guy that's uh, now really hot, whose name we don't know. But he's, he's clearly from the Groundlings or UCB or somewhere. He's younger than me. He's balder than me. He's funnier than me. Do you know what? Like, he's on all those shows with all the hip funny people now I don't know I don't know who he is but there's like a there's a handful of five guys way way ahead of me bald guys we're a minority let's be honest bald white bald men in in Hollywood are uh, a carefully monitored and controlled minority no one wants us to get out of hand okay what's oh that was weird we just had a little <laughs> garage band hiccup I don't know what just happened anyway but the theory is Statistically speaking, you would assume that eventually, given enough time, they would need a bald guy and all those guys would be busy and they would call me. You would hope. 
And so that's how I end up, you know, continuing to go out on auditions is, is just in case some meeting of the successful bald actors club happens and the building burns down and they're all trapped inside. And then, then I am up to the plate. So what happens though, is I get very uh, despondent. Is that the word? But the fact that I, you know, I don't work. I don't work that much. I work, you know, I do a couple of days a year on a commercial maybe. And that's really pretty much it. And for a man my age, that's uh, kind of a sad way to live your life. So, so what happens though is every once in a while, I will get an audition for an actual thing. And sometimes the audition for the actual thing is actually a really good thing. So this was a really good thing. This was a really, like this thing came up. It's for a... The Woody Harrelson is starring in the adaptation of a graphic novel called Wilson that I have never heard of. And it's written by a guy named, uh, whose name is very similar to mine, actually, whose name is Daniel Klaus. It's K-L-O-W-E-S, I think. He's the creator of Ghost World and a bunch of other hipster comics. Years ago, here I'm going to name drop to give myself some sort of credibility by vague association. I was at a comedy show one night performing, and I came off stage, and and the person that was just about to go on stage was Patton Oswalt. And Patton says to me, hey, are you the guy that created Ghost World? And I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, oh. Darn. I think, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't enough to, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, Patton. So that is the truth. So, um, so Daniel Klaus, 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 so yeah, he made a, he, he grew some, he drew some pictures of a guy. He called the guy Wilson. It's a hipster, uh, graphic novel. Woody Harrelson is apparently good. I don't think this is a secret. I think it's on the internet. The Woody Harrelson is going to play Wilson from the, the Daniel Klaus thing that I did not create patent. Um, okay. So. So what happens is I, they send me the, the script for this part, and I read it, and it's really good. It's basically three pages where I would uh, yell at Woody Harrelson. Three pages of Woody Harrelson and me, and I'm just yelling at him, and that would be awesome. Like, really awesome. Like, really awesome. I'd, I'd have to go to Minneapolis or somewhere. Minnesota? I don't know. And and yell at Woody, which would be great. Okay, so I get I get the script and I'm like, listen, loser. You gotta be serious about this. You know, you can't you can't screw around. You can't do your normal thing. We're like, no, I'm gonna learn the lines, I guess, and then I think I'll be okay. Cause when it's a commercial, listen, when it's a commercial, I can just wing it. I just walk in there like, hey, I'm relaxed, bald guy. Give me the, you know, let me squeeze the Charmin or whatever I gotta do, and I go. But this has like lines and I got to yell and I got to yell about this. I got to yell about that. I got to be condescending and I love it. So I work on my lines and I work on the care. I do all those actory things, you know. And on this audition, I was determined, by the way, to not go on the wrong day. Now, remember, I went on the wrong day. I went a day early to audition for the Louis C.K. show. Am I allowed to say that I did that? It's probably been shot by now, right? Okay, I obviously didn't get that. And I went on the wrong day to, 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 to audition for some kids' show where I had to drive all the way up to Hollywood. So I was bound to... I've done it, I've done it several times where I go a day early. <laughs> and it's not cool, man. So 
I've got this extra day and I decide, well, should I go work with my friend Jolene, who's a, a theater director and a, a TV film director, work on the part, really get this part down, really be able to yell at Woody Harrelson in a really good way. Okay. So then I can go to Minneapolis, I can yell at Woody Harrelson. Oh, I can go into the audition and yell at Woody Harrelson and then go to Minneapolis, right? Yell at Woody Harrelson. Then I'll be in a hipster indie movie. It'll probably be, uh, you know, it could be an Oscar fodder. I don't know. It could be an awards thing. It could be it could make the, the festival circuit. Me and Woody Harrelson, right? So I learned the lines. I, I drive into town, so to speak into Hollywood, I meet with Jolene, my friend, the director, acting coach extraordinaire, Jolene Adams. We go over it. And then Gary, uh, Grady Lee, Gary, Gary Grady Lee, Richmond, her, her live-in partner in crime, Grady, shows up. Now, Grady is this awesome dude who's Jolene's, you know, significant whatever. And, um, You've probably seen them on commercials where I think there was a Pepsi commercial where the, these people were doing all these unexpected things. And then at some point they, they blew up a hillbilly. Does that make any sense to you that there was a Pepsi commercial where they blew up a hillbilly? Grady Lee is the hillbilly. He's, he's the, he is Hollywood's favorite commercial, or at least my favorite commercial hillbilly. So, so Grady Lee shows up and Jolene says, Hey, Grady Lee, guess what? Um, Dan is auditioning for Wilson. Well, he had auditioned for Wilson, not for the same part, not for the part of the, the girl's dad who yells at Woody Harrelson. Apparently, he auditioned for the part of a biker that yelled at Woody Harrelson. So everybody's auditioning for parts to, to yell at Woody Harrelson in Minnesota or Montana or wherever the hell we're going to go. So I work on the part with Jolene. We get caught up. I haven't seen Jolene since right after Hudson was born, so that was a little bad, but... We got caught up. I love her. It was so nice to see her. And we work on the part. We work on the yelling. We work on the not yelling. We work on the why are you yelling and how are you yelling? How are you coming in? How are you going out? We discuss how you go into an audition, how, your attitude, how... Because I, I, you know, I've, I do this so many times where a lot of these auditions happen in offices. And you go into an office... And then you have to act like you're not in an office. And there's something about being in an office where I'm always on my best behavior. And that's so bad and inappropriate when you're trying to audition for a, a movie or something. Because you're usually not supposed to be in your best behavior. You're supposed to be like, I'm charming and in control and now I'm going to act. And now I'm charming and in control and aren't you going to make me a star, please? So we talk about all that stuff. And the plan is that uh, the audition is on... Like, Jolene is between the audition and my house, or vice versa. Closer, actually, to the audition. So the next day, when the audition actually is, I'm going to go, and I'm going to stop at Jolene's, see her, run the scene a couple more times, and then go. Now, the part I'm leaving out is that, okay, so... My son is in high school, and um, when he was in what grade? I guess we did, freshman year, they wanted him to take uh, geometry. And the teacher was new, and 
I, I think the school, listen, I love Wild Winds, but sometimes they, they hire their new teachers based on their popularity on YouTube or something. This woman was like somewhat qualified to teach geometry, but really she just wanted to be discovered and become a star on YouTube for singing or something. So we pulled them out of geometry and put them ahead in algebra one or two, or I don't know what was some algebra or whatever. This was fresh again, freshman year, but the, the proviso was that he would have to take um, geometry some summer online. And this is the summer. So I was calling all these online high school thingies and saying, hey, I got to sign up my son and how much is it? So, and of course, because, and this is the theme of these recordings, I had to go with the cheapest one. But as you can imagine, the cheapest one is also the one that you can't get on the phone and you can't call back and they won't call you back and you can't register for the class online. You can tell them online you want to register for the class, but you can't actually do it. You have to actually talk to someone actually on the phone and they actually have to fill out an actual piece of paper with an actual pen or something in 2015. So I've been calling and calling and waiting for calls back because I got to sign him up like that day so he has enough time to finish algebra or uh, geometry A and B in time for the end of summer because he's going to get buried in calculus in September. But they don't call me back. 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 You know when they call me back. When? Dan, when would they call you back? Yes, you guessed it. While I'm driving to Jolene's to go over the audition on the way to the audition, to audition, to yell at Woody Harrelson. So my last minute time to go over my yelling and my how am I going to come in and how am I going to come out and how am I going to get into the right headspace to be a big star? How, how am I going to do that? No, I'm talking on the phone with some nincompoop signing up for geometry A and I can't sign him up for geometry B until he finishes geometry A but I have to sign him up right away but I can't sign him up too soon and what's your credit card number and I'm just sitting in my car in some neighborhood going I want to be yelling at Jolene and pretending she's Woody Harrelson because I really need to get this part because if I don't get this part it's going to be impossible to continue to justify to my spouse that I'm an actor Okay, because really, honestly, when you're in the real world, you can't just call yourself an actor. Every once in a while, you have to do some acting for money so you can pay the mortgage. So I finally got off the phone. I text Jolene. I don't text while I drive. I Siri while I drive and Siri does the texting. (laughs) <laughs> I wish that was true. So, so I text Jolene, I can't make it. I got to go straight to the audition. She goes, you're going to own, you, you, you've already got it. You're going to, you did great. You're going to do great. You already got it. Don't worry. You already got it. So I go up there and what I have to do is park. Have you ever been to LA? You know, the farmer's market, it's been there forever. So if you've ever been to LA, odds are good. You know, the farmer's market on Fairfax and what is that, 3rd Street? I don't know. I have to I have to park at the farmer's market. It's where we used to do all our podcasting meetup thingies. I, I park at the farmer's market. I get a ticket. I walk across the street to a bank building. Now, this bank building, coincidentally, is the same bank building that my, uh, uh, my commercial agent was in 
for like the first 10 years we were together. I have to go in there to audition. And then when I come out, I got to buy something at the farmer's market and get validated because that's how you get validation in LA. You buy things. So I go in the building. I go to the, I think it's the third floor, which might have actually been the, the, the floor that Silver, or not Silver, uh, Sutton, Barth, and Venari. Silver City now. Sutton, Barth, and Venari uh, used to be on SBV, and they're not, they're gone. But like a homing pigeon, I go to their old suite thinking that that's the suite, even though I've got the suite number right in front of me in my phone. So I can't find the suite number. And I go up and down. So finally I find it and I go in. And much to my... What's the opposite of chagrin and dismay? Because that's usually what I have is chagrin and dismay. And so usually I say, and much to my dismay, uh, or much to my chagrin, uh, but, but actually this was a good thing. So much to my pleasure, much to my, okay, the good thing, hi, I opened the door to go into the suite to audition for the sh- thing, right? The movie, Wilson, where I yell at Woody. And no one's in there. Now, a lot of times when you go to these things, and maybe there's even like a higher... Why does it keep doing that? GarageBand keeps doing this weird thing where it stops. It never has done that before. This computer needs to be reformatted in the worst way. The whole thing just needs to be magnetized. So, So I open the door. No one's in the waiting room. At the end of the outer office there is an assistant of some kind in a very nice modern looking office kind of giving me that smile of like you're in the right place yay so hold on a sec let's try something oh no that's okay now the theory you could make a generalization which is if you audition for a commercial, there's going to be hundreds of people there. Not hundreds, but there's going to be like 20 people there. If you audition for a TV show, there's going to be like f- half a dozen, dozen people there. If you audition for a movie, they, they a lot of times they work it out where there's no one else there. You don't have to sit around with each other and nervously like try to be cool. Because those things are very unnerving to me. Because, and this is just my normal insecurity, I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. So when I go into those things, I always think that everybody knows each other but me. And everybody's just relaxed and hanging out and just can't wait to go in there and have fun, except for me, and I'm a nervous wreck. So it really drives me crazy when there are other people in there because all the other people look like they're much better actors than me because you could really definitely tell that definitely from looking at someone and seeing how they sit in a chair. But I go in and there's no one in there. And I, I don't even remember if I signed in or if the, the young woman in the office just said like, oh, hey, you're here. Oh, great. Or something. But Jolene and I had talked a, a lot about how to how to be confident, not cocky, and be. It just, it just was this weird thing where I wasn't thinking about it, but I felt so prepared for yelling at Woody Harrelson that I was very relaxed, and I got a little drink of water because it's dry in Hollywood, and um. So a young woman, another young woman comes out who's clearly the casting associate. And she's carrying, and this is getting common in auditions, she's carrying a wireless microphone 
and receiver that she's going to wire me up like we're going to shoot. So she she's like, oh, I got to wire you up. And I'm like, ah, so we start joking around and and somehow we start joking about how, listen, she's going to just put a microphone on me. It's going to take me in the other room and then they're just going to shoot me and I'm going to be in the movie and that'll be great. Ha ha ha. So that's sort of that's sort of the running gag that we, as we're so she wires me up and just takes me in, the casting director he he he's in there, we shake we meet we do the thing we're still joking about oh, I'm going to be in the movie oh good you got a blue screen this is great. I say something like, "Do you need a headshot or something?" She's like, "No, I can look you up on the internet." Awesome answer. There is the internet. So we do the scene now. Oh, I'm leaving a little part out. So. As I'm waiting, I'm getting the drink because it's dry in Hollywood. I said that, right? A guy comes out who's clearly an actor. One of these, like, I'm good looking and I have good hair and I'm 40, but I'm about your size type of guys. You know what I mean? Like a little, like, younger and better looking and better hair. But you don't, no, listen, you don't know what they want. I'm just saying he comes out, but he's got this big smile on his face. He looks at me in the eye like we're actually humans. Humans actually passing each other. Not living in some weird, bizarro Hollywood, right? Actually, just two humans passing and saying hello. So he's like, hey, good luck in there. I'm like, yeah, good luck. Yeah, you too, man. He's like, hey, this guy's this guy's really good. He'll, he'll, he had me do it a couple of times. He kind of gave me a little direction and everything. Yeah, it'll be good. It's, it's fun, fun. And he, he's like, see you later, man, and walks out. I'm like, are there humans? Sent here to... Befriend me? Like, oh, uh, uh. But again, it's sort of like with the commercial, like, the better the project sometimes, the more secure everyone is. You know what I mean? If you've ever met a B actor, they're the biggest a-holes in town. If you want to meet somebody who treats you really well and is really nice, meet an A-list actor. Okay? I did a show you don't even remember once called The Pretender. Yeah, you don't remember that show. And when I was on the set of that show, the star of the show never even spoke to us. The two, like he maybe I, I was with uh, I was in a scene with Daniel Day Kim. Do you know him from Lost? Later in the day, he may have spoken to Daniel Day Kim. Did not ever speak to me. He just st- stood around drinking his super blue green algae. <laughs> that that's when it was. Now, meanwhile, when I worked with David Duchovny, okay, so here's that guy. Here's the pretender guy who uh, you haven't seen since, uh, and odds are good you didn't see him then. Versus David Duchovny, when I worked with David Duchovny, he offered to get me a latte. You know why? Because he's not scared. He's 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 secure in his position in town. So, so anyway. So this guy comes out. He says, hey, I did it a couple times. It was fun. And the, this guy, the guy, meaning the casting director, we'll give you some direction. It'll be awesome. Okay, great. So I go in, joke, joke, joke with the young woman about the microphone and everything. You're going to put me in the movie right away. Modern technology. This is great. Green screen. Hey, there's even a blue. Oh, it's a blue screen hanging on the wall. This is perfect. Hey, this is the casting director. Shake, shake, shake. All right, let's let's do the scene. You want to do the scene? Yeah, we did the scene. The scene went great. Did We did the scene how I would have wanted to do the scene. I say, they say, okay, great. And I say, well, is... Is that it? And the casting director goes, well, what do you want, a door prize? And I say, yeah, I want a door prize. Ten seconds ago, she was talking about putting me in the movie right now. Yeah, I, I'll take a door prize. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. 
Ha ha ha. What? Let, get out of here. But not get out of here like you're a jerk. Get out of here. Ha ha ha. Like this is your part of our day. Get out of here. This is all this is all modus, right? This is normal operating procedure. Get out of here. So I leave there really feeling like what I I did it. I did what I wanted to do. I, I, right? I was relaxed. I had fun. I actually had fun. I think they had fun having me there. I went to the farmer's market. I wandered around a little bit, kind of let my adrenaline go down. But when my adrenaline went down, I didn't automatically go into post-audition depression, which I usually do. I knew I had done the job. And I knew I had done it well. And the only thing left to do was to wait. So I texted Jolene, hey, it went great. Thank you so much. I couldn't have done it without you. It was great. And she texted me back, you've got it, man. It'll be great. Hopefully you and Gary will work together, Grady, whatever. He goes by both Grady and Gary. I'm not being finicky about his fake name. His name is Grady Lee Gary Richmond. Look him up. I text Melissa, Melissa, it went great. Just, you know, it's up to, you know, the Rubik's Cube of casting at this point. Whatever, whatever. Ooh, sorry. So you wait. And you try not to wait. But you wait. And you wait. And you wait. And whenever you get a text, you look at the text. Look at this. Oh. It's not uh, Stacy, my agent. And you wait. And when the phone rings, because they would call... They would call you if you got a part. If you got a part where you had to fly to Minneapolis or Montana or some other M state or M city, if you had to go to some M place and yell at Woody Harrelson, they'd probably call. They wouldn't even text you. So, so you should probably check your texts, but definitely when the phone rings, make sure you pick it up, even though it's always uh, your wife. Always. And it's a movie, so you can't... You can't just think two days later they're going to, right? Because the movie doesn't start for a couple weeks. So it could be a couple weeks before this movie starts. So you check your phone and you check your texts and you check your email. And eventually I did hear from Stacy, my agent, who represents me for TV shows and movies. And the email started, Dear Dan, it's not you, it's me. Thank you so much for listening to the endlessly recorded The Bitterest Pill podcast uh, at thebitterestpill.com. If the ending of that was too vague for you, uh, uh, I was let go by my agent, my theatrical slash theatrical agent, my TV film agent. I have I'm a free agent, (laughs) which is great. I'm probably doing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, meanwhile, I just saw, the, uh, you know, the quota did pretty well in festivals. I've got this other short that's going to come out called Bad Egg, which I saw a couple, uh, I don't know, maybe a week ago. Looks great. But you know what? No one needs that bald man my age anymore. I, have, I You know, no one, no, well, you know what? Hollywood never needed me. Let's be honest. That is why I'm here in my garage, continuing to talk to myself and five other people under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport. You got to do what you know, right? Stick to what you do best, Dan. Which is talking into the phone, or talking into, talking into the, no, I do not talk into, I hate talking on the phone. Did you know that? About, I hate talking into the phone, that's the worst. Anyway, listen, thanks for listening uh, to the show. Uh, once again, thank you for everyone who uh, hung out with me on uh, Periscope and Ustream and Twitch and whatever. And did I don't think I ever even got YouTube up. Um, oh, what's that? I, can't. I was saying last night when we were on Periscope that my eyes are too bad. I can't see anyone's um, name when it comes up on the text. So, uh, what were we saying? Yes. So, yeah, this... You know, the fact that you listen is is why I do the show. Otherwise, obviously, I would stop. But, I mean, yeah, thank you. Just thank you for being there. Thank you for hanging out. Um, sometimes I think I I go uh, spans of time without recording because I, it's, you know, I don't sort of don't look forward to it. But now that, that we're at least Periscope streaming, I feel less lonely. And there's the visual element of the show, which I think is actually helping me quite a bit. So, thank you for bearing with me this week. It, I, I hope it wasn't too laborious an episode. Okay. And of course, thanks uh, to uh, all our contributors on Patreon. If you want to subscribe, uh, if you want to support the show financially and help me with all these uh, podcasting and webcasting endeavors, uh, please check us out at patreon.com. I think it's patreon.com slash Dan Class. Class with a K. Is that true? The show is, of course, made possible by everyone who contributes through Patreon, uh, not the least of whom is Olga. Laid on me. No problem, lover. This episode of The Bitterest Bill is supported by Patreon patrons, including Dave Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Flores, Harold Goldner, Tom Carroll, David Jason, Gerard Cortines, Chris Glass, Scott Mercer, Michael C. Rail, and Tom Ingram. Thank you for your support. One and all. Alright, thank you, baby. Um So yeah, so next time I don't know what we'll talk about. Uh we will see. Really depends on what goes wrong in the next couple of days. I'm sure it'll be something. <laughs> don't worry, we're having people over on uh, Friday. So something will go wrong. Trust me. Alright, thanks for listening. Uh the bitterestpill.com or follow me on Twitter or Facebook slash Dan Class. All right, thank you. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.